Well, good morning. It's good to see a house full today. Um, I really enjoyed that we got to recognize our veterans and our first responders. Again, let's give them a big hand clap today. I really appreciated that video when it said they didn't go and fight for us because they hated their enemy. They went and fought for us because they loved their country. How many liked that when you heard that? That was a powerful video. Amen. How many is, uh, we're going to continue our closer series this week and next week, and then you saw Traveling Light will start the week after Thanksgiving. It's going to be a powerful sermon series. I hope that you put it on your calendar and make an effort to make that. But how many has heard the term, united we stand, divided we fall? United we stand, divided we fall. You know, that statement uh, has made and it's preserved us as a nation. Um, the first time that they think that was said was back in 1768 uh, when there was huge change in America, kind of like we're even feeling nowadays. But John Dickinson said this in his Liberty Song. He says, then join hand in hand, brave Americans, all, everybody. By uniting we stand, by dividing we fall. John Dickinson said that. And then later Patrick Henry used the same phrase in his last public speech when he said in March 1799, he said, let us trust God, let us trust God and our better judgment to set us right hereafter. Brothers and sisters, united we stand, divided we fall. You know, its meaning highlights a real important factor that I want to talk about today, and that's unity. If you pull out your inserts, you can see uh, this is a really cool insert. If you don't have one, I would try to get one because it can actually be something you can use this week to study. But its, it's meaning highlights the importance of unity. And we know today that unity means strength. Everybody say unity means strength. Unity means strength. Unity is of great value in every walk of life, whether it's marriage, whether it's family, country, community, classroom, wherever unity is important. If there is unity among the people, then there's strength and our strength increases. But where there's disunity, there's not strength and our strength decreases. A person alone cannot do everything. However, when we come together as people, we can easily perform anything. United we stand, divided we fall. I want us to really think about how, what unity teaches us. And when we're talking about it, I want you to think about unity in your family. I want you to think about unity in your marriage, unity at your work, unity in your neighborhood. Uh, you know, you may be at disunity with a neighbor right now. Apply this message and the importance of this message in whatever area of life that you're walking today. Unity teaches us that we're stronger together and I want you to write this down, that we need each other. We need each other, or we need one another. My wife came up to me several months ago, and she said, Brian, did you know there's over 100 scriptures in the New Testament that says one another? I really think that we need to preach about one another and begin to teach our people how it is that we are to be in godly relationship. So one another, if you look up on the screen, there's two words in English that mean one another, but in Greek, it's just one word. And in Greek, it is alone. Everybody say alone. You just passed a Greek test today. The reason we say Greek 
is the New Testament was originally written, written in Greek. So if you really want the correct meaning that comes through translation, it's always good to go back to the Greek. A hundred times in the New Testament this word is. Forty-seven times of those it's instructed to the church, and Paul wrote 60% of them. But I took one another and I divided it up in three ways. One-third of one another's in scriptures deal with unity with each other. That's what we're going to talk about this week. And then one-third of the one another's instruct us how to love one another. We're going to hit that one next week in closing up our series. And then one-third teach us to walk in humility and deference one to another. In other words, you give up your will for the greater need of everybody else. So, what's the importance of unity? Why are we taking a whole sermon and talking about it today? Number one is unity is needed for survival. Survival. Unity protects us from all the evil doings and all that's happening around us in society. How many is ready to send, um, how many is ready to send Mitchell Trubisky with Rex Grossman and Cutler? Come on, be honest. <laughs> How many's like, oh, it's okay. It's only his third year. Uh, let's give him a break. How many's got mercy and you're wanting to give him a break? Um, I have been blown away by the united front that Ch Chicago Bears are having, having lost the last how many games? Four games, and Ryan, I hate to tell you, thank you for inviting me to your house and buying food for me today, but Detroit Lions are not going to beat the Chicago Bears today. Okay, he's a Detroit Lion Bear. Start throwing stuff at him. Throw your coffee, whatever. But um, anyway, the united front, united we stand, divided you fall. Man, the front that they have keeping that they have kept while Chicago's wanting to leash them. In fact, uh, in fact uh, Trubisky said, man, I don't even want to look at the newspapers anymore because he feels like they're, 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 everybody's out to get them. So that's a, a, an example of a united front. We don't know what's happening on behind closed doors, but they appear to be united. And there's unity. That's a survival to them, and there's strength in that. A community of unity is your best chance of survival. If you want to survive in this world, the, your best chance is to be in a community where you have unity. And I want to ask you today, are you missing that critical link in your walk? Are you missing that? If that's critical, are you missing that? A strong community may be the determining factor in how well you come out in the challenges of this life. It may be a defining factor in where you're going in your future. You know, as human beings, we're designed to live in community, to live together and to live in groups. And we are to depend upon each other for survival. We've got so much uh, modern technology today where we've kind of uh, developed a, a, a dependence on ourselves. But before they had all those, man, people had to lean on each other. They had to lean on each other for survival. You know, every emergency plan or every crisis plan should include... If you're having a crisis or you're having an emergency, it should include a network of individuals who you know have your back, who you know will be there, who they possess the skills and talents and the resources that you can thrive and make it through disaster and crisis and life challenges. We need community. We need unity of community for, uh, that we can make it through our challenges. Even animals work together. Even animals, it, uh, I was looking up where whenever a dolphin gets hurt, um, 
when a dolphin like gets hit by a boat or something happens to it, the other dolphins can pick that up and they will actually, in that pod, they will actually take turns and coming up beside that wounded dolphin that can't uh, take care of themselves, that isn't going to survive, that isn't going to make it. They actually come under, underneath it, put it on the back, and they swim that dolphin, and they come up and let that wounded dolphin breathe, and then they take it back over, and they just keep circulating in that pod to take care of each other. You know, if animals got that down, don't you think we can get that down? To where our survival depends and it's, and, it's, and it's up to that we take care of each other when we're wounded. That we throw a wounded soldier on our back and, and get them out of the battle. That we, that we are there to help people come up and get that life breath that they need when they feel like they can't get up, up for, out from underneath the water. If the animals have that, shouldn't we have that? Our survival as family... Friends, community, workplace, church, Christian, all of it. I think survival is in Christian unity. You know, a scripture says this. If you don't know this scripture, this is one you should always, like, make it a go-to. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. How many know this scripture? Ecclesiastes 4. I, I go to it. This is one of the first scriptures I learned after I became a Christian. But it said two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help him. But someone who falls alone, they are in real trouble. Likewise, two people living close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Look at that. But two can stand back to back and they can conquer. Three are even better for a triple-branded cord is not easily broken. I would hold that scripture and take that one with you. But if, if survival is dependent upon unity, then we got to be about protecting unity. we got to be protectors of unity. People that will say, hey, you can attack me, you can do things to me, but one thing you're going to do is you're not going to divide me. And my wife, you're not going to divide my family. You're not going to divide this church. You're not going to divide our workplace. We're going to protect this unity that we have. How can we do that? Across on your insert, I started pulling out the one another scriptures. I want you to look at that on your insert. I want you to look at those one another scriptures. The first thing is let's don't judge each other. Let's don't judge each other and let's don't put a stumbling block. A lot of people think that means that you just do something sinful in front of people. It, that could be it. But a stumbling block is when you're not a person of influence and a person of positiveness and somebody that can help somebody when they're down. Don't judge people. Don't kick somebody. Be an influencer. Bear one another's burdens. Galatians 6.2 says, bear means to put up with in the Greek. How many ever feel like you have to put up with people? Be honest now. Just don't say it about your wife or your husband. But how many say sometimes we put up with each other? How many say sometimes you put up with me? Are you all with me? So, and hey, don't lie. Let's don't lie to one another. Um, Carmen, my wife, man, once you lie, it's tough to ever get her trust again. Don't be a liar. I like this one. Comfort one another concerning the resurrection. Now, that's just talking to people about the resurrection. In other words, that was somebody worrying about dying, and they was like, hey, let me comfort you. If you know Jesus, you don't have to be afraid of dying. But any type of comfort can be a person that we can be. Pray for one another. 
Brothers and sisters, my, uh, my uh, text just goes, just goes off like this on Saturday nights and Sunday mornings where people say, I'm praying for you, Pastor. I'm praying for you that the sermon's going to be powerful tomorrow and God's going to use you. I appreciate that. That's survival. And then, the bio, and then this other one, be hospitable one to another. Do you know the, the word hospital that we have actually came from the Bible? That's where they got that word. The word hospital came from hospitable. The, the root word, and when it says be hospitable, that means that back in that day when they didn't have hospitals and stuff, they used their homes to take care of the sick, to take care of the wounded. To, to care for each other. It was a place that you could come in and you could emotionally park yourself or you could physically park yourself in people's homes and they would, they would give you hospitality or they would be that hospital. So we see that survival is dependent upon Christian unity. Number two, if unity is needed for survival, then number two, unity brings strength and courage. I love this one. How many know the, the story of the farmer? The story of the farmer that had uh, four boys that were quarreling. He went up to the boys and he said, hey boys, you're going to have to stop this quarreling. It actually reminded me of something my dad would do. I grew up a farmer with two brothers. But I could just see my dad handing us, he handed the four boys in this story, he handed them all a stick. And they said, hey, break the stick. And each of the boys was like, this is easy. And they just broke the stick. And he said, hey, notice that when you broke the stick how easy that was now let's gather several sticks and they gathered several sticks and he handed them to the big strong farm boys and he said now let me see you break these sticks and they were trying to bend them and they were crushing them on their leg and nobody could break the sticks nobody could could make it um, make them break and the dad said if you boys fight and quarrel with each other anyone can easily break you and take advantage of you but if you boys will stay together just like those sticks then no one can harm you and no one can take advantage of you they, they aren't going to be able to do that they won't be able to break you the sons understood the value and they gave up the quarrel so when we see this we see that there's strength and there's courage in family and marriage and friendship and work and neighborhood and church when we stay united we can face the world. We can face what's going on tomorrow with the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit, but also with each other. But when members are quarreling and clawing, if, if your marriage, if you're claw, clawing on each other and beating on each other, and, and if your family's yelling at each other and you've got quarreling in your neighborhood or your workplace, there's not peace. Guys, that's not profitable. That's not profitable to us. When the members are quarreling, the peace and the strength of the group is disturbed, weakened, and broken. You know, Carmen and I, when I went through that time um, a few years back where, where I got physically sick, uh, all I cared about is if God and my wife were with me. I, I, that, that, I had to break it down that simple. And I knew if God was with me and my wife was with me, than I could face tomorrow. When we know that we have a support group behind us in marriage and family life and student life and single life, if you're, if you're a student or you're a single person, 
or you're single again, don't think you just have to be married to get to take advantage of that Ecclesiastes scripture about two are better than one and blah, blah, blah. That's not talking about marriage. That's just talking about relationship. Guys, there are plenty of groups offered at this church. Even this Wednesday, you can come to a U group and you can learn about a practical life in Christ and then you can break out with and all over this sanctuary, they break out in groups where you can begin to have your dolphin pod, that you might say, so that you can have your strength in numbers. Let's quit living where we're alone, where we're easily broken. Let's get together. Let's get together. Because, because when we get together, it gives us a strength and it gives us a courage. How many when you see injustice or you see something that's not going right, you feel like doing something and you want to do something but at the same moment you're afraid but the moment you get support you want to do something but you're afraid you don't want to do anything but the moment you get support you become brave and you stand towards that injustice how many know what I'm talking about you get that courage because you know that you have people behind you to support you in your decision and this injustice so you face it with courage I'm telling you guys that's the power of unity of group when you're alone, you can't face things with courage. I've seen that in this church. Guys, it wasn't easy planting this church. There'd be times I would go to council, the, the Church on the Rock Council, back in the day when it was Craig McCormick and, and Jay and, and Robert Hubener. I remember every, every month it would be negative 10,000 or negative 12,000 for, for ye years and years and years. For every day, doing your, every week, giving your dogged most for this, putting everything you have into it, and it still wasn't enough. If I isolated myself and stayed alone, you wouldn't see this church planted, I don't think. But I remember getting in that council and crying with those board members and sometimes letting my emotions go crazy and just venting and getting things off my chest. But I would, when I was alone, I couldn't stop my thoughts and I couldn't stop my fears and I couldn't stop the anxiety and the stuff going on in my head. But when we get together, Karen, when you hug me and that big smile comes on your face, Linda, in our very first service at Church on the Rock, one of the few that's still with us, your smiling face, your support helped me to have courage to face whatever obstacle was coming. You know, everyone in the world wants change, but no one wants to become change. No one wants to stand first. Everyone wants somebody else to do it first. But brothers and sisters, I feel this strong. This is our country. This is our church. This is our family. This is our neighborhood. This is our time. It's time to stand up and take initiative and get what belongs to us. Instead of just sitting back thinking about the change, or change might be good, let's get a pod of people around us, and let's support each other and be agents of change. You know, the Bible says in Leviticus 26, 8, powerful scripture, five of you will chase a hundred, but a hundred of you will chase 10,000. Did y'all hear that? Five of you will chase a hundred, but get... 10,000, but get uh, but get a hundred of us, we're gonna chase 10,000. All of your enemies will fail beneath your sword, and we know the sword is the word of God. Here's another, here's some a couple more one another scriptures 
on the side of your insert. Encourage, build up one another. Stimulate one another to love and good deeds. New King James Version says to prod or to, to like you would a horse that you would spur one another to love. In other words, instead of judging and tearing each other down, let's stir my brother to love your wife. Stir my wife to love the husband when we don't feel like it. Encourage our people saying, saying hey, don't give up on your love. Don't give up on your good works. Don't draw weary, Galatians 6, 9 says. Don't draw weary in well-doing. You're going to reap if you just don't faint. Can I provoke you? Can I spur you? Can I tell you to keep loving? Can I tell you to keep putting forth that good work? It's going to pay off. Woo, glory to God. It's going to pay off. It's going to pay off. It's going to pay off for your marriage. It's going to pay off for your kids. Here's the third thing. Unity helps us grow. Nothing can grow alone. I'm an old farm boy. Even with corn. You know that sticky tassel on the top? How many know the sticky tassel on the top? That's the male part of corn. You know where the ear is on the stem? That's the female part of a corn. Take that ta tassel off. You're not going to have any baby, any corn. Everything grows in unity. Everything grows in unity. That's the way God made it. You grow. How many of you want to grow? You grow in unity. If you want to grow your business, if you want to grow your team, if you want to grow your employees, if you want to grow your family, partner, friend, nothing grows alone. If you want to achieve something huge in your life, it's not going to be by yourself. You need to walk together in partnership and networks with each other. If you want to grow in this life, we got to move together. Look at the one-third of the one another's on this thought. I, I wrote down 11 of them. Don't, don't grumble with one another. Accept one another. Wait for one another before the Eucharist. That's the Lord's Supper. I think that's just cool. That's just waiting for people before the Eucharist. <laughs> Tongue-tied. Um, communion. Waiting for people before communion is just showing kindness and respect to each other, to one another. I mean, that's an example. Hey, even, you know, at our table, uh, nobody would eat until everybody got their plate. When we go out to eat, nobody eats until everybody gets their plate. Okay? That's waiting for people. That's respect. So that's kind of what that means. Don't bite and devour. Don't boastfully challenge or envy one another. Don't bite, devour, and consume one another. Gently, patiently tolerate one another. Be kind, tenderhearted, and forgiving to one another. Bear with and forgive one another. Seek good for another and don't repay evil for evil. Don't complain against one another. Confess your sins to one another. Oh, you don't even want, to, want me to go there. You, you, you know, here's where I'm at with things. I confess things to God and I try to get through things with me and God because some people, I think they just need to, to cowboy up. Or, or get some strength and face some things. There's a time for that word. But guys, there's times where confession is real important. If you've done everything you can and you just can't get over the hump on stuff, and you just live with guilt and shame and stuff, hey, 
Confession, man. Confession. Here's my last point. Unity works wonders. Unity works wonders. Unity gives freedom. Unity makes us win. We can work and strive, but by working together, we can win. Individually, we're like one drop, but together, we're like an ocean. In this world, you're going to meet different people, and each different person will know something. So by listening and understanding and getting to know one another, we can learn through each other. We can help each other. We can grow together. We can, we can win together. I wrote this down. Holy Spirit gave this sentence to me. I'd write this down. I think it's pretty, pretty good. I can do something you cannot. I can do something you can't, that you cannot. And you can do something that I cannot. But together, we can do great things. We can do great things in our world. If we look at the different sections of people in society and where all the fallout is, man, there is so much social disorder. I, I hate where our, our country is at and the disunity in our country. I can't stand it where we're at. How we all just draw lines in the sand with our political views. But when people in society, guys, if we... Remember, our forefathers said, united we stand, divided we fall. I'm telling you, if we're going to succeed and we're going to stand as a nation, then we're going to need to learn to live, each other in, live with each other in peace and respect while social progress is happening around us. In communities, it can mean helping out our neighbors, letting them help us. You know, sometimes it's easier to help others. Sometimes God wants you to let people help you. Help you. Do, do you know something that I am ecstatic about? Is I, 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 I don't like it that food pantry is used just for people that, we think food pantry, we think, well, you got to uh, be homeless and not have any clothes or, and living on the street or this, that, and the other to receive Help from the food pantry. Camille, Darlene, you guys that are doing food pantry, Sharon, they're opening this up to where they can't. They said, if, if you're a family with children, I mean, they have good food. They, they have meat and they have good food. I mean, uh, there, there could be people that look, well, not that I look good today, but you know. I, do I look like I need food? I mean, take the side view. <laughs> um, but, but guys, we want to be... A, do you know they're, people are going to start just giving you food? If you're like, well, I don't need this food. Just look at it as you got kids. Have a break. These are some things you don't have to pay for. And why are you saying that? Hey, we got to learn to receive. We got to learn. Maybe pride needs to... We need to learn to receive. Oh, I don't need that. Give it. Receive, man. Learn to receive. We can get things done as a nation. Unity brings wealth and prosperity to a nation. A nation cannot prosper if the people are, are divided. We have to be united. We can do great things at the church. Our church started at a small level, but expansion has happened. People increased. Our church increased. It continues to increase. We're, we're, we're increasing all the time. 
Man, I'll tell you what's tough in Illinois is try to, your increase is crossed out because everybody leaves Illinois. i never seen anything like it. We'll, we'll have growth like crazy, but it seems like people move. People, so, so sometimes it, 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 it seems like, but even through that, this church is seeing increase, increase. Guys, you know almost every Sunday people are saved now? Man, we prayed for that for years, almost every Sunday. In fact, two Sundays ago, two Sundays ago, I didn't think, I, I thought, didn't think anybody needed to be saved. I, I was looking around, and, 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 I, and I almost said, if you need to be saved, if you, you want to ask Jesus in your heart, and I almost said this, I almost said, you know, I didn't think there was anybody here today that needed to be saved, and then all of a sudden, a, a young lady on this side raised her hand and when i got to hear her story she she didn't even go to church she she the, she'd had a couple times in a catholic she received christ into her heart um shared it with the person that brought her and the guy had been working on her for a long time to come to church gave her heart to the lord is asking about all this last week got to take their very first communion service that's what it's all about. Um, it, it's so exciting. I'm telling you, great things are happening as a church. Together we can do great things. In a family we can do great things. Together we can do great things. Hey, in Genesis 11, 6 through 7, how many know the Tower of Babel? Back in the beginning of time and stuff, everybody spoke the same language and they were trying to build towers to the heavens and they were trying to be God and worship God. So God kind of had to... Like, say, nah, this isn't happening. But the Tower of Babel is where God confused the language. And that's where everybody was sent in different directions, where they all had one language. Now then, they were dispersed towards England and, and different European and North and South, East, West. They all dispersed to where that's how we get all of our nationalities and different places on the continent. The Lord separated them. But here's why he did. He said, look, he said, now keep in mind, they were doing something negative with unity. We're talking about positive. He said, look, the people are united and they speak the same way, language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. And then the Lord came and confused their language. But the point's still true. When we get together in unity, there's nothing that we set out to do that cannot be accomplished. And that threefold chord that I like to read in Ecclesiastes, to me, it says the two. To me, I always make the third one God. When you get two or three, man, when you get the God one that weaves them all together, how many know that the scripture says, I can do all things? Come on. I can do all things. Everybody say all. I can do all things. I can succeed at my job. I can succeed in my marriage. I can succeed with my kids. I can succeed in my, in my job. I am an overcomer. I am. You need to talk to yourself like that because the scripture says, I can do all things. And I'm telling you, if you do that threefold where you have community, where you're learning survival and you get courage and you're growing together, the fourth point is you can do anything. That we set our mind to do it. Because if God be for us, who can be against us? I believe that. You know, here's a couple more one and others. 
We're going to hit all hundred of these this week and next week. Be of the same mind. And notice we put them in your insert. I want you to look at them when you go home. It, is that right? Is it in your insert, like right across the page? That was so cool. Give Judy a hand for doing that. She, she made an insert. And if you didn't get an insert, um, ushers, can you have some of them ready when they go out where you say, hey, I'd, please, I'd like to have an insert. Um, but be of the same mind. If, you're, if, if we're going to do anything, we have to be in the same mindset, same vision, same heart. Have the same attitude of the mind. Be at peace one another because peace keeps you salty. I want to close with this scripture. Again, you'll want to write this one down. I want to close with this scripture. The Bible says in Psalms 133, 1-3, one of my favorite. How good and pleasant it is. Is that on the board? Let's read that together. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like the precious oil poured on the beard, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. Let me stop. What that means, anointing oil signified God's presence or God's endorsement or God with you. You know, the, the boy Joseph said he could do anything because the Lord was with him. So anointing is just meaning that you have the spiritual grace and the influence and the favor of God on your life. The way that happened is God likes unity. You want blessing on your marriage? Get unity in your marriage. You want blessing in your neighborhood? Get unity. This disunity has got to stop. If you have disunity with people in your family or people that live beside of you, come on, get over yourself. Give some forgiveness. Anybody here been forgiven to God by God? Give some forgiveness. I don't like it when you talk to me like that. Tough, tough, tough. Get some forgiveness. In fact, that's what I'm not going to say. Get some forgiveness. Think about how you screw people and how you screw up all the time. Give it to somebody else. Come on, anybody out there say amen. God likes unity. He likes it. And when you walk in unity, it's like God pours warm oil over your head. You think your marriage is cold and you haven't had sex for months. I can't believe I just said that. It wasn't in my notes. You get some unity. You get some I'm sorry. You get some understanding. You get some walking together. You're not going to be cold in bed. Your baby's going to be warming up to you. Come on. It's truth. She's going to be warming up to you. God likes unity. God likes unity. You want some peace? You want some joy? You want some courage? Unity. He likes it. Let's read on, verse 3. It is like the precious... It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, where there the Lord bestows his blessing even forevermore. You know what that means? Mount Hermon is this huge mountain like the Rockies where all the snow's up there. Kind of like in Hawaii, the big island, that it's warm down and you see the snow on the top. That snow melts and brings this beautiful fresh water in Alaska 
beautiful fresh water in the springtime. That's what God says unity is like. How many need some fresh water? Come on. How many need some fresh water? Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to every heart today. Lord, I pray that we will give up and let go. Let it go. On the way to church, somebody almost killed me and Caitlin and our grandkids. And I'm not kidding. I, I don't know how we... It, it would have been death. They're a horrible accident. I still don't know how. how, how well, I do know how. God did it. God did it. But anyway, I, 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 after it was over, man, I put my truck down. I was 80 mile an hour chasing down this yahoo. And I was going to roll down the window and just show them my two grandkids. This guy... We were following a, uh, a harvester combine, and there was like 20 people. This guy in this white van pulls out and starts passing like eight people and not waiting his turn, like everybody else was waiting their turn. He, he, he pulls out and gets it up to like, how many have almost ran into people when they do that? that don't do that. And, and, and then, and then, He's speeding up to do it, and the guy that was right in front of me, we were number two, and we were going around in order. He turns left. And so this guy slammed. I watched the whole thing in my ear mirror because I always drive defensive. Buddy, I was a truck link clear off on the other side. I don't know how he went around us. But I heard that Frozen song when I wanted to jack this guy. I was hearing the Lord say, let it go, <laughs> let it go, da-da-da, praise God, da-da-da, let it go, you're going to get it, let it go. I just want to tell him a little bit. <laughs> Come on, let it go, right now where you're at, let it go, let, it, let some disunity go. Let some hurt go right now. I feel the Holy Spirit anointing this. Let it go right where you're at. Just say their name. Say, Lord, let it go. I let it go. I let it go. I let it go. I let it go. If you're sitting here today, here's something else you need to let go. And that's let go, living your life for yourself. And you want to say, Lord Jesus, I want to live my life for you. If you're sitting here today, and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you can do that today. Jesus Christ took your sin and gave you his righteousness. Jesus Christ took all your wrong, all of your, all of your stuff, all of the handwritings that were against you, and he put them on the cross, and he died so you wouldn't have to die. And he was punished so you wouldn't have to be punished. And all you got to do is just recognize that and ask Jesus to come into your heart today. With every head bowed and eyes closed, is anybody here say, I want to ask Jesus in my heart. I want you to pray with me, Pastor. Just lift up your hand. I'm going to be looking across. If you would like to receive Christ in your heart, just lift up your hand where you're at and let me see it. I won't embarrass you. Amen. I see your hand. Anybody else say, I want to accept Christ into my heart. Anybody else, just lift up your hand. Amen. At Church on the Rock, you never pray alone. 
the person that raised their hand and church on the rock, I want you to pray this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I thank you, Lord, that another one came in to Christ today. Let's rejoice on that, that another one. And now I want you to, the person that raised their head, say, Dear Lord Jesus, you guys pray it with him. Nobody prays alone. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for taking my sin. Thank you for taking my punishment. Thank you for taking my guilt and my shame and my mistakes and giving me your righteousness and giving me eternal life. I confess you, Jesus, that you are my Lord. I believe that you died and that you rose on the third day. And because I believe that and confess it, the word says, I want you everybody to say this, I am saved. Praise the Lord. Amen. I don't know if it's Valerie or Braden, but they're going to lead us in one more song today. Um, I'm going to ask everybody when they start singing that we would stand up. And the person that prayed that prayer, if you have the courage, come and tell that. Come and tell one of our prayer people that you prayed that prayer today. And they have a gift for you. But the other thing, Church on the Rock, we're a house of prayer. If you're discouraged or had a tough week or you're attacked or need prayer or you need physical or emotional healing today or you just need somebody to stand with you in agreement, in a minute our prayer team's going to come up. Man, let this be a house of prayer. We're going to sing one more song. As a count of three, let's stand up. One, two, three. Prayer team, come. Come through this song for prayer. Brayden. And Brayden will close the service.